From the Finley Toyota ESPN Studios, it's the Press Box Summer Edition. Yeah, old lady! Ed Grady. I'm not surprised the only women you see naked are in magazines. Tyler Bischoff. Again, this is really not my field. On ESPN Las Vegas. Next stop, Super Bowl? Obviously. Come on, next stop, Super Bowl. Did you see that destruction last night by the Raiders? Quarterback controversy, right? Jared Stidham was great. We know who the number two is. I don't think Urban Meyer was the problem. (laughs) Oh, man. ESPN 1100-100.9 FM. It's Ed. Tyler and Jared after that huge win by the Raiders last night. <laughs> Most important win of the season. Yeah, I mean, just just took it to them. Uh, delayed by rain, didn't didn't stop the Raiders last night. Tyler, get a roof, by the way. Who, what, what are we doing playing? I think that's a high school stadium. <laughs> I don't care. Put a roof on it. Tell me, people got to wait around an extra forty minutes because you don't have a roof. It's an NFL game. Every, you, everything should have a roof. I don't understand these rain delays. Did you know that roof. Josh McDaniels played there in his youth? Oh, my God. Yeah. The, <laughs> Paul Gutierrez tweeted out uh, that he asked to play in this game so we can blame Josh yes. McDaniels for having yeah. to pay attention to the Hall of Fame. Game. Yeah. He, uh, he wanted, to go home, wanted to go home and play on that field where he and his dad destroyed so many opponents. <laughs> okay. How many teams, because the the story that apparently was said on the Raiders uh, play-by-play broadcast last night over on Raider Nation Radio was that Josh McDaniels asked Mark Davis about possibly playing in Canton in this game, and Mark Davis asked the NFL, and the NFL said, okay, uh, how many teams have actually asked to play in the Hall of Fame game? Maybe more than we think because they get the extra practice time. Do they want the extra practice time? I, oh, I I think weird football coaches. I mean, you heard you, should, you probably heard the interview with Vermeil last night. That nut job used to practice for three and a half hours. I think. What was I his think quote? They, if, I mean, if we suck, we can keep practicing. Yeah, I mean, three and a half hours. They said at at times. So I think weird football coaches want as much work as possible. They hate that all this stuff's been cut back, and they only have so many hours a week, and so much physicality, and you know, tackling, and all of that. So. I would suspect more guys would want to start earlier than not. Did, Coaches, I don't know about players. Did, did do you think there may have been some sort of like miscommunication? And whenever he was saying "I want to play in the Hall of Fame game," he meant no, no, I want to suit up in, for the Hall no, of Fame <laughs> game. <laughs> I don't think you understand. I used to crush people on well, this yeah, field. Yeah, I was, will be an asset. Darn right. Um, so I. I I mean, I don't know what you think. I, I think coaches would want to because they seem to be the ones who never think they have enough time. Now, if I'm a player and I'm on my summer vacation and I don't have to show up for a week or two later, then I'm probably voting for that, given the OTAs and what we see from them and off-season conditioning. I mean, I think players like their breaks. Yeah, come back early, and then you're going to be crammed into an Uber with Hunter Renfro in Canton, <laughs> Ohio. The First Bite. I mean, we already hit some of these, but what's your biggest overreaction to the first preseason game? So, overreaction, bad or good? You can overreact either way. You can tell us that the Raiders' defense is going to shut out four teams and be great this year if you want. Okay, I'll overreact and say Brandon Parker may never play again. (laughs) So, there's your overreaction. Is that an overreaction, though? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think... Ever again is an overreaction. I don't <laughs> know how true. much That's he's going to play, but ever again is probably an overreaction. So we'll, we'll get to mine in a second. But Brandon Parker got beat on the first play of the game. Yes, by the rookie, number and, one pick. 
and he got bailed out by a very bad pass interference call. Somehow there was pass interference because Trayvon Walker hit Jarrett Stidham while Stidham still had the ball in his hands. Terrible call, but he got bailed out. And then on the second drive, he gave up sacks on back-to-back plays. Yeah. One of them, Trayvon Walker just blew right through him. And then the other one, he couldn't handle a stunt. And the defensive tackle came outside, and Brandon Parker just had no idea what to do. <laughs> so he played two series at, at left tackle and gave up two sacks and a quarterback hit. That's that's horrible. Like, that's not good at all. And this was – I mean, yes, Trayvon Walker's going to be starting for the Jags, but that was not the entire, like, first-team Jags defense out there. I – I don't you're right like him never playing again that that is probably the reality or should be the reality there's there I'll say this there's no way he can be the starting right tackle there's no way they can go into the well, season the happiest with guy Parker starting the happiest guy quietly within himself was Alex Leatherwood last night because he's like hold on a second I'm not playing that poorly and this guy over here I know you know Colton Miller didn't play that's where Colton Miller would be Colton Miller there that stuff likely doesn't happen uh but if I'm Alex Leatherwood I'm like hey I didn't give up all this. I'm not that bad tonight. I got a little help there here and there. But uh, for the most part, I was good. So I'm the right tackle now. So Ted Wynn was tweeting about Alex Leatherwood. And Ted Wynn was actually complaining because he was like, well, they keep giving him help. They keep giving him a running back or a tight end. So you don't really get to evaluate Alex Leatherwood in a one-on-one situation. And then they finally let him go one-on-one on a third down. And he just got ran right past. Like it was a quick passing play. So the quarter, I think it was Stidham still, didn't get hit. But like Ted Wynn was like, oh, that wasn't a very good one-on-one rep. So I, I think Alex Leatherwood by default was better than Brandon Parker, but it was yeah. might have been because they were protecting him Maybe. a little bit more. And it's yeah. like they, they've got to add somebody, right? I mean, we've oh, talked yeah. about this the entire yes. offseason, but it, it's got to happen. Yeah, they, they have to add someone. You know, run blocking, I thought, you know, that easy decision, 159 yards. I thought they are better than pass blocking. But if, you, if you're Derek Carr on that sideline – and you're seeing some of the pass blocking, I would think you're, you know, you're a tad concerned, <laughs> right? I mean, I would think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you're right, though. The run blocking, they were excellent. They were terrific. Like, I, I think both Josh Jacobs and Zamir White's first carries of the game, both of them went untouched for like 10 yards and then finally got touched downfield by like a safety. But like the run blocking was phenomenal and if the Raiders can run like that during the season they're still going to need to protect Derek Carr but it's going to make it a little bit easier for the offense to move the ball down the field even if the offensive line is brutal in pass protection but I think that was it's very strange to have such a such a such a difference between the pass blocking and the run blocking in a preseason game because like seriously you watch that game and you're like oh the Raiders are going to run for 200 yards in every game but they're never going to complete a pass because the quarterback's going to get hit every time. They ran, um, and I, being at all the practices, uh, they're going to run, and it being New England, um, they're going to run a ton of screens. And I thought that the screen action worked well as well. You know, as well. The thing with Zamir White is in college, he couldn't catch the ball. He wasn't used as a receiver. I thought he did well last night, though. I thought, I thought they, uh, I thought Zamir White looked good, man. He ran hard. He ran physical. Um, we're going to talk about, I think, Josh Jacobs here is why he started, why he was in the game. I think there's some interesting uh, uh, nuggets about that in terms of uh, the reasoning. But I thought Samir White looked really good. So here's my biggest overreaction. Josh Jacobs will not be the lead running back of this team Amir halfway Abdullah. through the season. After what? 
halfway through the season. Okay. When we get to week whatever, eight, whatever's okay. technically halfway of 17, he will no longer be the number one running back on this team. They, The Raiders coaching staff has told us over and over now that they do not like Josh Jacobs. They drafted Zamir White. They didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. And then Josh Jacobs played in two series, two series, in a game in which Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Colton Miller did not play offensively. They continue to tell us that they do not like Josh Jacobs. He'll probably be the starter by default at the beginning of the season. He'll likely get a bunch of carries because he's been a high-volume running back in his career. But once we get halfway through the season, I do not believe Josh Jacobs will be the number one running back. That's on this your team overreaction. Anymore. That's my overreaction to yeah. preseason game number one and Josh Jacobs playing for yeah. the almost entirety of the first two seasons. I don't know if I totally bought into McDaniels afterwards saying I'd like to see running backs in, in preseason and early. I mean, I think even though they hadn't coached him in terms of a game, I can't believe they didn't know what they had in Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, who had missed some times, he didn't was out there for OTAs. Um, so he had been coming back from an injury. Uh, when I saw him out there, I said, whoa, is someone sending someone a message? Because why is he on the field? And like you said, not just for one series. I said, okay, he played one series, he'll be out. He was in on the second series. I'm like, man, they. I don't know if you need to see him that much because that was the reasoning that Josh McDaniels gave after the game. Maybe you're right. Um, maybe they just, I don't know if they believe him or not, but they want to see more and more of him, so they believe in him or they don't. Um, but that was surprising. I thought it was more about a message than, oh, I like to see running backs in the preseason. You've Look, you've got enough running backs in that room to where if you want to see running backs, you can see a lot of those guys. I mean, that, that room is full of running backs. So the fact he was out there I thought was intriguing to what was the real reason beyond just, oh, I like to see those guys in the preseason. Yeah, because you, you would have grouped – Josh Jacobs in with the other guys that didn't that didn't play last night offensively. Like you would have thought, oh, those are sort of your your guaranteed starters. Those are the guys that are proven. Your Derek Carrs, your Colton Millers, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and then Darren Waller, who we don't know why he's not been in practice. But you would have put Jacobs in those groups as, oh, they don't need to prove anything, and they're guaranteed starters. But he was the one out there running. He was the one out there and got what seven touches in the game. Like yeah. it wasn't like oh he was out there. And it's like, ah, okay, he's just there. They, they gave him the ball a lot on the first 12 plays of the games or whatever it is. So I think they have been telling us over and over that Josh, they don't like Josh Jacobs that much, that they don't think he's uh, the number one back on this team. And I think once we get into the season, Josh Jacobs will no longer be the number one running back on this team. It'll probably be Zemir White. Maybe there's Kenyon Drake in there, but I think it'll end up being yeah. Zemir White once we get halfway through the year. I thought it was interesting that Kenyon Drake, uh, I think, came in after White and Abdul. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, got hurt, but then came back in and didn't do much. Maybe maybe Drake's the number one back because they didn't use him that much. That's an interesting take. I mean, but <laughs> I don't, I don't but think you, I think would it you is. played him at all. <laughs> I don't think that is the right take. No. But he he's the running back that played the least of the running backs that we expect to play. That's that's the thing that surprised me. You know, it's because Zamir White had been hurt too, and he had missed two, three straight days of, of training camp. But he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good for a guy who's been hurting and and has been missing. So, my favorite thing that I saw is uh, Stidham. Ooh, he can move. Oh, he's oh, he's got on, some feet. On the end around, he's got yeah, some feet. He's got some, he's got some legs on him. Yeah. They should do a they should do a Stidham package. And I just went, yay! <laughs> we get to do this still. Marcus Mariota's not even playing for the team. 
they do a Stidham package, he Derek Carr might actually quit. Or something. <laughs> you know, it's disappointing. Good. We didn't get any Nathan Peterman in a preseason game. That's sad. I miss. I bring back John Gruden so we can have Nathan Peterman out there for preseason. Lighten it up. Yeah. By the way, did you guys see Mark Davis eating a chicken wing? Sure. Oh, how many owners? He's, every, he's the everyman owner. How many owners would end up on TV eating a chicken wing and then like turning to the guy next to him and eating with food in his mouth? Oh, he's just the he best. is just yeah the fan sitting in there trying to crush chicken wings. Yeah. He just happens to own the team. He's it, every like everything he does is funny to me. I like the white shirt. He's never worn that well, before. Yeah, white shirt with chicken wings. It's a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brave. I mean, he probably has like three or four extras because he knows he's going to eat chicken wings and probably spill like a Diet Coke on his shirt or something like that. So he's got a replacement ready to go. And the best so. is he did turn and talk to somebody. Oh, yeah, 100%. Takes a bite, food in his mouth, just talking to whoever's next to him. Like, yep. I right, like probably, that. Every day. Probably then wiped his hands right down the front of yeah. his shirt. Like, yep, no worries. We got this. And then they crush the Jags, so he's got to be happy. He's like, my damn coach wanted me to come out to Canton, Ohio, for some reason. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'll eat some chicken wings while the rain delays our game. Oh, well. Good for Mark Davis. All right, coming up next, we'll stick with the NFL. It was a very deep and meaningful uh, couple nights uh, ceremony, and I came back and knew that I was never going to be the same. And like you said, it, it doesn't, you don't do that, and then not, for me, I didn't do that and think, oh, I'm never playing football again. No, it, it gave me a deep and meaningful uh, appreciation for life. I really feel like that set me on my course to be able to go back in to my job and have a different perspective on things and then to, to be way more free at work as a leader, as a teammate, as a friend, as a lover. And I really feel like that experience paved the way for me to have uh, the best season of my career. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Jeez. Who is weirder? <laughs> Who gets more um, weird side eyes in the locker room? Aaron Rodgers or Gardner Minshew? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Gardner Minshew's pretty funny, pretty cool what he does. But, uh, but Gardner Minshew sucks, and the everybody yeah, in the Packers locker room needs Aaron Rodgers for their careers. Well, it appears he's about to have the best season of his career. Hey, so. man, he God, he seems like a 19-year-old who just, like, discovered shrooms and, like, philosophy. And he sounds like a first-year philosophy student who's, like, psychedelics is really smart, opened me up. Or is he one of those guys who wants to sound smart? He wants to sound smart. Yeah. 100%. And meanwhile, Gardner Minshew, if if Aaron Rodgers is the first-year philosophy student, I'm pretty sure Gardner Minshew is the sophomore frat boy. Yes. And no, no. wants, wants he, everybody to know he's the sophomore frat boy. I believe Gardner Minshew is the seventh-year senior who is still, still technically going to class, but you never see him in <laughs> class. So there was a story at ESPN.com about Gardner Minshew and how – He's my he, hero. He lived in an old prison bus outside of his trainer's gym in Florida this year from February to July. And he apparently bought an old inmate transport vehicle and then, according to the story, gave the interior a hippie makeover, had a bright orange couch, a shag throw pillow, a flowery 70s style bed skirt, album covers lining the wall 
candles and a lava lamp and he lived here pulled up next to the gym hooked up to the gym's power right like this is he lived and slept in this so he could wake up early and be at the gym and apparently he showered outdoors outside of his bus but always in compression shorts he was never just naked outside uh what the hell was gardner Minshew doing I will say, if you are just naked outside, they tend to put you on a list. Does the gym not have showers next door to him? Oh, I didn't think of that. What kind of gym was it? Right? What if he I, like? What if he gets really good this season? Do we see a bunch of people buying vans? <laughs> see, he's I not think... going to play, Jared. What do you mean, what if he gets Ah, uh, nah, he's season. getting traded to the Raiders. See, I think, unlike Rodgers, this is who this guy is. I, I think he's I think he's playing into this way really? too much. Really? There's no way this guy is, there's no way anybody's like, you know what I want to do this off? I'm a professional oh, athlete. You know what I want to do in the off season when I've got so much money I could do whatever I wanted? I want to live in an old yeah. prison bus next to my trainer's gym in Florida. Said this fill, guy decided to where, what the dream. climate. He he literally did do whatever he wanted with his money. He wanted to he, live in yeah. a van down by the river. Because he's faking. Both he and Aaron Rodgers are faking whatever uh, persona th- they're putting out here. I think Aaron Rodgers is a much bigger fake. I, I don't think, think I Aaron Rodgers knows that. he's a fake, though. I think Aaron oh, Rodgers. Oh, I think yeah. I, I think he it, probably he probably is well aware of. Oh what he's no, doing. I I don't I don't think Aaron Rodgers. I think this I I some people you go deeper. I think this is about as deep as we can go with Aaron Rodgers, where it's, you know, it was deep and true, and I'm a better lover. Yeah, the lover part. (laughs) What are you going to do? At least he actually showered all of his body and wasn't standing outside. Did Gardner Minshew... Hold on, are you sure? Have you seen Aaron Rodgers lately? (laughs) Did did Gardner Minshew bathe a certain portion of his body at all from February to July? Uh... I'm going to say he snuck it in there. I'm going to say he <laughs> snuck some water in there. Yeah. Once again, sneaking it in there, good way to wind up on a list. <laughs> like, this story says he showered outside always in compression shorts. That's He's brutal. my what hero. He That's is my hero. This, this is what you want, Jared? Of all the things you could have, you want to live in a bus in Florida for six months. Uh, maybe not Florida, but the the living in a bus, at least he owned his own home. Have you and seen for, housing for, prices? For a, for no, a while, there is, wasn't even the humidity. This is my point. He owns his own actual home somewhere, but he chose to live in a bus for six months. Wow, he owns a house and and a car. And, wow, well, and prison here's, prison van. Here's the other part. The whole the whole idea of remodeling a bus to like have a couch and a bed and a sink and all this is so you can drive around the country and go wherever you want. He didn't do that. He parked it outside of a gym for six months. There's an that entire show the... on HGTV where a guy redoes these vans for people. Yeah, and what do exactly. they do? They drive around yeah. the country. They don't park in one spot for six months. That's what a house is. And this guy lived in a bus instead. I think it's a great story. I mean, could... how he's also in Florida, so... Like, you bring a girl back to the van. <laughs> hey, it's an NFL player. This that might be the, the that might be the nicest uh, that might be the nicest apartment she'd been He's to that week. Shot. Oh my god! 
brings a girl back. He's like, sorry, I haven't showered half of my body. <laughs> Trust Can't me, if she's willing to shower. get inside the van with the shag carpet, she may not have showered recently either. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I can't believe Gardner Minshew did that. No wonder he's just going to be a backup forever. All right. There's another fun story in the NFL. Did you guys know that Madden created a hotline that you can call and complain about player ratings? I do now. Um, Who are these poor people that work for EA Sports that have to take calls from people calling to complain about Jarrett Stidham's arm accuracy on Madden? The same people who called up that ref who's going into the Hall of Fame this year and he put his number in the phone book and they called him up and he talked to him for half an hour about some stupid call, <laughs> which was an amazing story last night. Um, well, look, this, is, this was the part that I thought was interesting, that if you have enough info or analytics or opinion, there's a possibility that you could in- influence the shift in a player's ratings. I thought they would just listen and say, okay, okay like... You know, you call people. That's very cute, honey. Yeah, you call people on hotlines and complain, like, all right, and they pretend to be taking notes. But this could actually affect ratings. That that, that part surprised me. I think that's just EA Sports saying that to make people feel better. There's no way they're taking a random call from some Raiders fan saying, hey, hey, Josh Jacobs, he's better than a 78 or whatever they have him rated as. There's no way they're taking that. My question how many players called into this to complain? <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? If uh, who who would who would complain the De- most on Derek the Raiders? Carr. Yeah, Derek. No, well, or Darren. It would be Darren Carr. Yeah, it'd be Darren. Oh, yeah, and yeah. David. The car. The car family has been calling There's... this hotline nonstop. Yeah, nonstop. Yes, Mr. Carr, I will transfer you to my manager. How <laughs> mad was it? Were they last night when Matthew Barry? Um, decreased his fantasy rating because Devontae Adams' fantasy rating because he went from one Hall of Famer to Derek Carr. Oh, man. When he and when then, Matthew Barry was saying that, I'm like, oh, the Carr brothers right now. They must be Matthew livid. Barry, yeah, and then Matthew Barry called him a, a good quarterback, too. Yeah, he called him a good if, QB, too. Oh, not oh, even a starting the family watching that could have just, oh, they, they went crazy screaming at the TV because of that. Have they uh, already called Matt? Have they been yelling at Matthew Berry on Twitter today? I bet that's what they've been doing. Yeah. Mad at Matthew Berry's fantasy well, takes. Well, I don't know if they've... I, I know they blocked him. Actually, you know what it means. Uh, David Carr is probably on NFL Network right now declaring that Derek Carr will be the number one quarterback in fantasy football this year. Yeah, I, I can believe yeah, that. That's, uh, yeah, yeah that, that that's probably sense. what's happening. That's got to be his pivot because he's done the whole MVP thing a couple of times now where he's declared Derek Carr is going to be he's the going MVP. He's going to win the MVP. And it hasn't worked out. So he's got to change. He's got to pivot to something else. You can't you can't you know, you can't be on TV and just every offseason come in with the same exact mm. thing. So he's got to change a little bit and be like, "Listen, I saw this Matthew Berry guy, and you know what I'm doing? I'm drafting Derek Carr in the first round because he's going to be the highest scoring fantasy player well, in the league." Can I be in the league with David Carr? <laughs> I don't know. Watching Stidham last night, overreaction number two. Uh oh. Uh oh. Overreaction. Drafting Jared get... Stidham to your fantasy team? No, no, but Derek Carr will get uh, MVP votes this year. Uh oh. If yeah. the offense looks like that? If the offense looks like that and he's, he adds uh, Renfro and Devontae Adams and, well, wherever Darren Waller is, he'll uh, be getting MVP votes and surgery all by week eight. Darn right. Be out out of the out for the season after Alex Leatherwood <laughs> and Brandon Parker let him get hit. Yeah, and Leatherwood times. on every play. 
Jesus. Derek Carr will be the one helping. They'll be like, all right, Derek, go block for Jarrett Stidham because Leatherwood can't do it. All right, coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Um. My friends and I watch a lot of football, more than our moms would like, and we're obsessed with fantasy football. Even though you don't, like, you don't play, do you think it's a good or bad for the NFL? Yeah, honestly, I don't really have any opinion on that because it, like, fantasy football doesn't mean anything to me. Like, we're just trying to win games out here, and so I don't know who's hot, who's not, who wins, who doesn't. Like, I don't really care about that. I just care about whether we win. So, yeah, I have fun with that. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. <laughs> okay. I thought that was a kid who asked him, too. Yeah, so I saw the tweets about Bill Belichick saying, I don't really care about fantasy football. <laughs> and I thought it was like a normal press conference, and I don't know how he got asked about that. I didn't realize it was a kid who was yeah. like, oh, I love to play fantasy football. Yeah. And Belichick was like, ah, I don't care about that. Good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> Poor kid. God. Also, how old do you think this kid is? Because I feel like if he's over the age of 12, he should know better than to ask Bill Belichick about fantasy um, football. Kid reporter, probably less than 12. Okay. All right. Probably. It's a good, it's a good bet, I would say. So... Bill Belichick, not a fan of fantasy football. And also, uh, I'd say he stayed composed to get with the kid because I feel like if, if a normal media member asked that, he would have blown up on him. Oh, can you imagine a beat writer asking that? <laughs> You've gone crazy. Great. All right, joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Hey, Ben. Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty well. I'm glad we got our first you know, NFL preseason action out of the way, and uh, I'm looking forward to the season starting. So. Do you have a big overreaction to the first preseason game of the year? Um, yeah, I think it's that Josh McDaniels could probably turn any quarterback outside of Tim Tebow into the next Tom Brady uh, <laughs> after that performance. I think it's a pretty good one. So, so wait, does that what does that mean for Derek Carr? Is he playing until he's forty-five with like four Super Bowls? Here we go. I mean, it's, I think the Hall bandwagon has already taken off, right? So. Can you, I mean, considering who didn't play, which was anyone important other than maybe Josh Jacobs, do you look at anything in the preseason and change your mind on which on, on any kind of action you take? Do you do you look at anything even in the even in the fourth week? I think like the third week is maybe a spot where you could have, um, you know, some impact on I would say like player props into into a maybe a greater extent like fantasy football uh, type decisions, but I don't think you're going to see anything. Uh, in the preseason, that would move the needle from like a futures market uh, on on specific teams. Now, of course, there's there's of course like injury concerns. Like we're hearing, you know, reports about Matthew Stafford having you know lingering arm elbow type issues that uh, are definitely concerning, right? And I do think if you see him not play whatsoever in the preseason, that's the type of situation I think might uh, change a little bit the outlook for those types of teams. How good do you think Trevor? Do you have any bets uh, like on or against the Jags this year? Like, how good do you think Trevor Lawrence and the offense are this season? Yeah, I do have a little bit on them to like make the playoffs. Um, I do think that uh, you know Doug Peterson, I think, is a pretty good fit for what Trevor Lawrence uh, is capable of developing into. I am, you know, I'm not really allowed to say it as a PFF. Uh, employee, but I do really like Travis Etienne, and I do think uh, they're going to be able to kind of cater 
the offense around him. I When I did bet on the Jaguars, it was kind of before free agency in that February-March time frame when I knew they had a lot of money to spend in free agency. And after seeing kind of how they allocated those resources, I got a lot less bullish than what I actually was in February and March. So uh, I've definitely cooled on the Jaguars a little bit, and I'm concerned somewhat you know, about the wide receiver position, how well they're, they're actually going to perform based on the amount of money that they've spent in that position. One of our second overreactions is Derek Carr will get MVP votes. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's a long shot, right? And I do think that if they stay the course in the AFC West uh, and are there toward the end of the season, um, at least as far as maybe they, they don't necessarily have to win the the AFC West, but I do think if they are in line and at least competing for it in you know week seventeen, week eighteen, then I do think it makes a lot of sense for Derek Carr to kind of be that guy. Obviously, he's what, like the, you know, 12th or so odds at plus 2,800 right now on drafting. So um, I would say, you know, given given the competition that they're going to face, I would probably rather bet on him than a guy like Tyler Murray or Jalen Hurts because really all he needs to do is finish first or second in the AFC West, and he's going to have a pretty decent uh, case for actually getting to that MVP-type vote. All right, who has more total yards at the end of the season, Josh Jacobs or Travis Etienne? I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, I think, um, especially if you're talking about all-purpose yards. I do I do think one of the you know takeaways that you could have from like the Raiders' usage specifically is that Josh Jacobs is not going to be in um, on any third-down situations. It does seem like Amir Abdullah probably is going to handle that role, at least throughout the early part of the season. Amir White looks like he's going to be a guy that's actually folded in quite a bit as well. So I think Travis Etienne could be one of a few guys that is playing uh, the majority of snaps, all three downs in a lot of situations, and offers a lot um, in the passing game to the point where his all-purpose yards uh, are probably going to be pretty dramatically more than what I think Josh Jacobs puts up this year. You mentioned it, but does that, and I'm quoting, a little bit abnormal for a quarterback worry about you of Matthew Stafford and what you would do with them? I think it does, right? And, I, and, I, and part of it is, you know, obviously the injury situation, if he's going to be full go, but there's also, uh, you know, He's sitting out the, the entirety of you know training camp and these preseason games. Uh, obviously, they have the continuity right after winning the Super Bowl. Not much has changed outside you know Kevin O'Connell leaving as the offensive coordinator to be the Vikings coach. But I still think there's some things that they need to get right in the preseason, or or they're going to start out kind of behind the eight ball, maybe not be as ready. And they they are the team to beat, right? And I do think that we see. That week in and week out, they're going to get everybody's best performance being the, the reigning Super Bowl champion. So I do think any sort of flight where they don't necessarily get out of the blocks uh, as quickly as they need to, and if Matthew Stafford you know, maybe isn't necessarily 100% to start the season, uh, it is definitely concerning. And I do think that you know, in the NFC West, there are definitely some teams that could make some noise that make it really difficult for the Los Angeles Rams to not only repeat as Super Bowl champions, but even win that particular division, in my, in my opinion. If you were setting an over-under on Alvin Kamara's suspension link this season, where would you put it? I mean, it's, that is a really good question. I would probably sit around uh, 68 games. I don't, I don't think I've necessarily probably kept up personally with where it's at right now. Um, I do think that, you know, I thought we would hear a decision before the regular, you know, before the preseason actually really kicked off. We haven't done so yet. So I would probably put it at six games. Um, it does sound like, you know, in the Watson situation, obviously is the main 
um, you know, the main thing that everybody wants to talk about right now, and that's obviously going to be uh, shifting here as we move towards the regular season as well. If it stays at six games for him and it's upheld, which is probably unlikely because Goodell handpicked the uh, the arbitrator who will now come in a new one. Uh, what do you do with the with uh, with Cleveland here if it stays at six games? Does it give you more positivity towards them? It it definitely does, right? I do think that you know, kind of consensus was right around eight games, uh, and a lot of a lot of people thought you know it even could be a season long suspension. So I do think six games, if it holds at that. Uh, definitely would be considered a win from the Browns' futures perspective. Um, and, of course, given their schedule situation and everything else, and starting those first six games uh, does help them quite a bit to have Jacoby Brissett probably able to go, you know, 4-2 and two or 5-1 and one even uh, in those particular matchups. So um, I think it's definitely a positive for Cleveland, but anything outside of six games, uh, it, it's really tough to, you know, find anything worthwhile at the back from the Browns' perspective, in my opinion. Are you disappointed that we have a preseason Raiders football game and there's no Nathan Peterman running around out there? I am disappointed with that, right? I mean, we did get some Kyle Slaughter last night, but it was, definitely wasn't enough. I, I thought you know Chase Garbers as well was kind of an interesting you know depth chart type quarterback piece to watch, and I do think that he is you know uh, at least somebody that I was kind of high on coming out of California or even at California, so. It'll be interesting to see how his career develops. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same without Nathan Peterman back there taking some slaps, snaps in the preseason, that's for sure. Are you more excited about Kyler Murray now that it appears he can go back to playing video games because they took that clause <laughs> out of the contract? I mean, the the analytics suggest that Call of Duty, you know, has hindered his performance in the second half of the season. So I think, you know, outside of Cliff Kingsbury also struggling with it. As long as we don't have any Call of Duty, you know, new releases, and I'm not too up to date on what game oh, it, it's coming out football, but it's oh like, yeah no it is it yeah, that makes it me a little bit more oh, yeah. nervous than yeah so it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i think the analytics speak to the fact that we are uh probably gonna be in for another second half uh <laughs> you know cliff dive basically from the arizona cardinals once again unfortunately well he is ben brown from pro football focus ben as always we appreciate thanks, it thanks ben thanks guys have a great show thanks Oh, the Kyler Murray Call of Duty stuff is one of my favorites. It's not it's not as good as the Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson fantasy football slap, but if Kyler Murray sucks as soon as Call of Duty comes out again this year, I'm going to be so excited. That's going to be the funniest thing we've ever seen. So the new one's coming out, what, during the season? Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to say it was, it was like late October or something oh, like that. What if he's undefeated at that point and then just tanks it, goes in the tank? Yeah, yeah it, would, it would be tremendous. I, I would love every every single second of that. If, he, if the card, that's basically what it was, October 28th, Ed. October 28th. That's the, that's the date it comes out. I would have yes. no idea about that. That is when the new Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, comes out. So early November, the Cardinals are going to suck. And it's going to be the funniest thing we've ever seen. All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into a little bit of baseball because we got a great series coming up this weekend. All of the sun, none of the fun on the Press Box Summer Edition. Ed, how are you going to handle this weekend? Are you uh, going to be nervous? <laughs> no, I don't know. Will I even watch? I don't know. Will you even watch? I don't know. I don't know. We'll maybe check the score out. I mean, when you're up 12 and a half, what are you going to do? Up 12 right. and a half games. So that that's your that's your thought process going in, that you're up 12 and a half. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll so. turn it on now and then. Maybe check, like I said, check in just to see the scores. But 12 and a half is 12 and a half. I'm not you're overreacting. Not, I'm not overreacting oh, to this man. series. What happens no. when they sweep the Dodgers? Are you showing up? 
Uh, yeah, I'm showing up. I don't. Okay. It's all it about only, the playoffs at this point. It's all about only the playoffs. Be not, I mean, but yeah, you know how. Do you know your main thing about the Padres is that you don't want their fans, you know, claiming that they're good. Do you know how obnoxious Padre fans are going to be if they sweep the Dodgers? This Do you know weekend? how obnoxious they already are after the trades, <laughs> right? If you look on Twitter, you look and on Twitter, and, and if they sweep the Dodgers, it's going to be it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. In terms of their overreactions, yeah. Well, they won't oh. be overreactions. They'll be the best team in baseball. Oh, at that point. come on, nine and a half. <laughs> okay, how should Dodger fans react to Juan Soto? Should they be booing him, or should they be trying to convince him to sign with the Dodgers in two and a half years? They will boo him. They oh, they will? will? Not, they will not think that far ahead in terms of two and a half years. They will boo him for sure. Really? Yes. They Even will not though, think like, that far ahead. He had nothing to do with actually getting traded oh, to the Padres. I mean, what is that? Who, who cares about that? I mean, they don't, they don't <laughs> like him. I mean, they don't. They, he went to the he went to one of the rivals, so they're not going to care about that. I mean, shouldn't they be booing the general manager who didn't trade for Juan Soto? Prospects. I told you yesterday. We're into <laughs> prospects now. That's what Oral told us on the post game show. It's all Oral. about prospects. <laughs> Oral told us that on the post game show. It's not about getting the big big time player. Dodgers never do that. They go out and they use their prospects. They never do that. <laughs> We're all about prospects with the Dodgers. All right. Um, I have. It's just a, a lie. Yeah, it was. That was Oral oh, Hershiser sure. telling everybody that. Um, so I have a story that I thought was interesting. The Astros. So the Astros played the Red Sox uh, in a three-game series earlier this week. The Astros traded for Christian Vasquez, the Red Sox catcher, right before the first game of that series. So. In the final game of that series, the Red Sox had a reliever on the mound, and the, in the middle of an at-bat, he got taken out of the game for an injury, right? The manager, the trainer walked out, looked at him, and they pulled him in the middle of an at-bat. After the game, Alex Cora, who's the Red Sox manager, said that Christian Vasquez, the catcher the Astros traded for, got his attention from the Astros' dugout to tell him that something looked wrong with the pitcher that was on the mound, basically saying, hey... That Your something guy looks hurt. wrong. Yeah, he's probably injured. And so Cora and the trainer went out there, and it was, oh, yeah, he's injured and had to come out of the game. So Vas Christian Vasquez is over here helping on his the old other team. team. Right, and is like, uh, I think that guy's hurt. I better tell somebody because otherwise he's going to blow his arm out if he keeps pitching. Yeah, and doesn't I just thought, he know he plays for the Astros? That is not what they – That is, if you notice something, you hit a trash can. <laughs> so I – so. I've always been fascinated because the Astros catcher, Martin Maldonado, he'll do this every now and then where he'll just stop in the middle of an at-bat and go out and be like, hey, this guy's hurt, and it, like the pitcher doesn't even realize it. I'm always fascinated when the catcher is the one to realize, hey, something's wrong with this guy. We need to take him out of the game. Well, he'd know the guy well, right? Well, it always like it's weird to me that it happens and the pitcher doesn't notice it. Maybe the pitcher's trying to just power through or Maybe whatever. Maybe he's trying to hide it. Right, but it's always weird to me when it's like, oh, the pitcher doesn't say anything. The catcher is the one that's like, hold up. His his arm angle was right, like two right. degrees off what it normally is. He must be hurt. Smartest players on the field. I guess. Maybe it is. Um, you okay with that, given it's an Astro? Yeah. It's, a good guy. it's, just, it's a random game in August. Don't let the guy blow his arm out. If he's hurt, but he's I just hurt. said about the Dodgers, random the game. games. Yeah. Random but games in the, August. It's the Padres. Juan Soto's making his, uh, you know, debut against the Dodgers as a Padre. It's kind of a big oh, deal. Is he going to hit a home run right field porch? Oh, it's going to be great. Oh Dad. my goodness! He's going to be two nothing after like oh. the fifth pitch of the game. God. 
<laughs> Unbelievable. Walk so walk good. the walk the uh, leadoff man, and then Gonsolin gives up the bomb. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a great see. You're not going to be able to just be like, ah, oh, 12 and a half. <laughs> oh, of course not. What are you out of your mind? I'll be watching that. I'll be watching every pitch, screaming at stuff. Come on, you um, knew that. Did you see that the Angels yes. hit seven home runs yesterday? Against the Las Vegas A's. And lost to the A's eight to yes. seven because all seven home runs were solo home runs. What a disaster <laughs> the Angels have become. Otani with two of them. Seven home runs and they lost. <laughs> There's that, a stat. That's so that, like, angels of this year. Right. Well, I guess of regular years. The Astros are something like thirty and two when they hit two or two home runs in a game. <laughs> like, and the Angels hit seven and lost. Like, it's unbelievable. It's it's ridiculous. That franchise is one of the most. Oh. Like, I, I don't. It's it's incomprehensible. Like, it really is. Like, how is that team? as bad as they are because it's not it's not like the angels are usually you know close and they blow it and miss the playoffs or something no, like that no they suck they're horrible like they're bad and and never close it's unreal that they can just not even be remotely competitive on a year-to-year basis with what should be the best duo in the sport here's a hot take they're not going to keep phil nevin as the manager <laughs> I think I think Phil's getting his couple months of uh, running a team, and then he's out. Oh, they should they should fire him and bring in another interim 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 <laughs> manager. Just actually, just let Otani be the manager. Now that would be cool. He's probably better. At I that mean, he's already good else. at doing two things at once. Right, that would be just cool. Let him be the manager. He'll be great. Shohei Otani going out and arguing with umpires about well <laughs> they don't argue very much anymore so maybe you don't actually i did alex cora did get thrown out yesterday did you see why yeah, he got thrown well, out what was that about and he he looked like he was just talking now we don't know what he said we don't so, know what he said to him okay salvador perez hit a home run and when they showed the replay it looked to me like it was clear the ball was under the yellow line on the wall and they reviewed it, and it stood as a home yeah, run. Yeah, stood as a home run. And it, I, I, I don't understand why. Like it hit below the yellow line and came back in play. And Alex Cora, I, at that point, you're arguing with people in New York because the umpires on the field don't do the reviews. It's a different crew in New York. Right. But Alex Cora, I think rightfully so, came out and was like, "What the hell is going on here? That was clearly not a home run." I'd love to know what he said because he was just kind of like calmly talking to him, and he gets thrown right. out, and then he went crazy because he got thrown out. Right. I'm imagining he said at least one word in there that the umpire did not uh, right. appreciate, right. and that led to his ejection. But like it is, I will say the one thing that I dislike about replay in baseball is that uh, our managers can't really get thrown out anymore. There's the only thing you can argue is balls and strikes, and that doesn't happen that often. <laughs> 